Welcome to Lectionary Bites, a podcast for the busy pastor, the bogged down student, and the curious biblical scholar. Each short episode features different professors and students from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, narrowing in on an insight or two from the assigned scripture readings from the week. We hope these bites can support your sermon prep, spark new ideas and connections, and help you meditate on God's word throughout your busy week. Lectionary Bites is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Hello, and welcome to Lectionary Bites, a podcast of Concordia Seminary Library, where we ruminate on the church year one bite at a time, going through the lectionary readings for every Sunday. Today, I have Eric Hart with me, fourth-year student here at Concordia Seminary, being interviewed by me, Vincent Otto, second year. And today, we're going to look at the readings for Lent 4 with a particular focus on the Old Testament text of Isaiah. So, Eric, what insights do you have for us from Isaiah or about Isaiah? Yeah, so thank you for having me, Vincent. I will be talking a little bit about Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. It's a really interesting section of of the book of Isaiah here, and an interesting choice, I thought, for the season of Lent, as I'll get to in a second. Uh, But let me read the text of Isaiah 12 first. So it says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel." So I thought right off the bat, this is really an interesting text for Lent. I mean, it doesn't talk about the usual theme of repentance or maybe even contrition that we're so familiar with in the season of Lent. I mean, this is a kind of a psalm that is just filled with joy and thanksgiving to to God for what he has done for his glorious work. And it just kind of struck me that, you know, usually in Lent, we talk about contrition, piety, repentance, those sorts of themes. And here we find a song of almost bursting joy, which I thought was really interesting. So as I dug a little bit into this text, I found that this is kind of a psalm, actually, that we find in Isaiah a little bit. So let me dive into some of the the context that we've seen in Isaiah so far. So obviously, Isaiah was called in chapter 2 to be a prophet of the Lord. And Isaiah sounded pretty excited right off the bat, right? He was like, here I am, send me. And he thinks it's going to be awesome. Convert all the people and do all these great things. And then almost right away, God tells him that he will be, the language is plucking up and and kind of throwing down. So this judgment language. And then as we see the opening chapters of Isaiah, he's being called to prophesy this destruction and judgment on the people. And then after this text, actually, after the text of chapter 12, we find judgment on all these different nations, Babylon, for example, and other nations like that, that were opposed to Israel. 
So by kind of in the middle of, of all that judgment language, we find a couple chapters that are actually full of promise. So in Isaiah chapter 10, starting in verse 20, God talks about a remnant of Israel returning to the land. And then in chapter 11, he talks about the righteous branch shooting forth from the stump of Jesse that was cut down. So talking about that branch language, and it's reminding us of the promise that God makes to his people that it's not over, right? They, it looks like all is lost. It looks like Israel has been cut down. God's chosen people have been uh, cast into exile, but there's hope. And the hope is that a, a branch is coming. The Messiah is coming. And it's a, just a beautiful, beautiful promise that God makes. And then in chapter 12 is the people's response to that. The Lord is our strength and our song. He has become our salvation. And so it's interesting too, because this ties in with the text of Exodus chapter 15, where the Israelites have just gotten through the, the Red Sea, the, the Red Sea's parted, they're free from Egypt, and they sing the song of the sea. And we, we see that language here in our text from Isaiah 12 as well. And so it's just a really interesting connection where we see Israel singing praise to God for delivering them. So it points toward a second exodus when God's people will once again be brought out of a land where they're subjugated and return to the promised land. And it's certainly a very different kind of exodus with the people of Israel in Isaiah's time, suffering under the evil kings of other nations that are attacking Israel, oppressing Israel, much like Egypt did before, but in, in new ways, even exiling them to a certain point. Yeah, and we see that as they're taken away to Babylon, but then under the, the kings of Persia, and actually they, they treat Israel surprisingly graciously and allow a remnant to return to the land. So we see this promise fulfilled in part in Ezra and Nehemiah when the people go back and rebuild. But obviously we see the promise fulfilled in its fullness in the New Testament is that that branch bursts forth as, as Jesus comes from the, from the line of Jesse and comes as, as the promised Messiah that the people have been waiting for for so long. Yes, God, God stays with his people even in the midst of affliction, giving them promise, but then ultimately fulfilling those promises as well. Correct, yep. So we see that promise right here in Isaiah 12 as the Isaiah and the people respond in faith, singing songs to, to God. I want to talk a little bit about a, a specific word here in the text. So uh, if you look at Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And as I was doing my research, I'm going to get a little bit of Hebrew in, in the podcast today, so I'm sorry about that, but I thought it was interesting. So the Hebrew word for well there, ma'an, which literally means a stream or a fountain. So I thought that was interesting. You know, I kind of think of a well as something that's almost static. It's just this water's kind of sitting there, certainly providing sustenance for, for thirsty people. But I don't know, this, this metaphor of a fountain or a stream just bursting forth, I thought was very powerful. So literally, you could translate this, you will draw water with joy from the fountains of salvation, which I thought was a very powerful image, uh, very active, dynamic reading of this text. And actually, the New American Standard Bible has the word springs. So again, kind of that bursting forth language that 
ties in with the the stump imagery that we find in the last chapter and kind of points forward to God's salvation overflowing when Jesus comes. Yes, this this living faith we have in a living God, this this living shoot coming up from the dead stump, it is a very powerful imagery, and it shows that Christ himself is a, a source of life, a bubbling spring from which all good things flow. Right, exactly. And the other thing about springs or fountains is they don't run dry. They continually shoot water out for the people to be refreshed to to have to basically gain new life and that's that's what Jesus is for us he's that he calls himself the living water in John's gospel and here we see that the promise of of a fountain bursting forth is a very powerful one as we as we look at at, at the gospel and the fulfillment of this promise that we see in Isaiah yeah well thank you for all of those insights if there is one thing that you would focus on as a preacher when you are creating a sermon based on this, what is that that kind of one key thing that you would focus on? Right. So we're, we're in the season of Lent here and, and Lent week four, we kind of almost take a break a little bit from those themes of repentance. And we, we take time to praise God for his work, specifically his work of salvation and sending the Messiah um, who bursts forth, who gives living water to thirsty people. And so in in preaching, I am drawn to this picture of God's abundant salvation, of water bursting forth in a dry place, of water that comes, shoots out like a fountain, never ends. It constantly is gushing forth, giving new life to parched and thirsty people. And certainly the exiles in Isaiah's day would have been thirsty people. And here in the 21st century, I think we're thirsty people as well. With all the things that are going on in our world, all the atrocities we see, the culture wars, and the struggles that maybe we have had during this you know, season of COVID or whatever it is, maybe it's unemployment, where all we see around us is, is, is wilderness, is a dry place without any water, without any rest and respite. Here we see that, that this living water bursts forth even in a dry place and, and gives us life even in the midst of of the struggles that we may face. You know, that water language always connects us to baptism as well. So we see it looking forward to when Jesus is on the cross and his side is pierced, water gushes forth from his side. And we also see water flowing from the baptismal font, right? And so it's that promise that the, the final exodus, if you will, is coming as Jesus promises that he will come back, he will restore all things, he'll make all things new. So that's something that the church can rejoice in even in the season of Lent. Sounds like it's going to be a beautiful sermon, Eric. <laughs> Got a lot of great things to talk about, very substantial stuff that is really helpful to think about in the, the time of Lent. So in all your preparation, were there any particular works that you found helpful in uh, looking at this text? Yeah, thanks. So sadly, there's not quite yet Concordia commentary on the first 39 chapters of Isaiah. I think that's on the way. So I had to do a little bit more digging, which is totally okay. So I went to the Word Biblical Commentary series, and John Watts wrote the commentary on Isaiah chapters 1 through 33. It's a little bit technical, but it really helps you work through the grammar and the syntax of this pericope. And especially for me, not being the best at the Hebrew language, it was really helpful to have those insights. Another one was Paul Wegner's commentary on Isaiah, 
It's in the Tyndale Old Testament Commentary series, came out in 2021, so it's pretty recent, but also very helpful for looking through this text. And then finally, it's not a commentary, but I always really enjoy Jacob Preuss's Just Words. It really points us to biblical metaphors and ways that we can preach a text, presenting the gospel, using, using the, the metaphors that we find in the text. So that's a really helpful resource for um, preaching and teaching as well. Very nice. Thank you for all the research you've put into this. This has been a look at the lectionary for Lent 4. This has been Lectionary Bites. Thanks, Eric, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Vincent. If you enjoyed Lectionary Bites, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery.